For inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is Up in the Rafters, where I'm joined by Carolina basketball legend and 2017 national champion Justin Jackson. Justin, happy holidays to you and your family. A, a happy new year to everybody that listens or watches this podcast for Carolina basketball. Two games since the last time we talked. They go on the road at Pittsburgh. They were up, I think, nine in the second half. They wind up losing that game. And then they rebound last night back in Chapel Hill against Wake Forest. What have kind of been your takeaways watching this North Carolina team, the the these past two games when they were riding a, a four game win streak and they kind of take that step back against Pitt and then bounce back against wake. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, for one, I think both games are totally, it's a totally different storyline um, against Pittsburgh. Honestly, Pittsburgh just kind of seemed like they wanted a little bit more. Um, you kind of see down, down the stretch um, defensively, North Carolina just didn't really give much resistance. Um you know, it was almost like Pittsburgh was just putting his, their heads down and just driving to the basket every single possession, um, not too worried about their defense. So you kind of saw that um, and then obviously took that loss. But then I think against Wake Forest, you saw a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more energy on the defensive end. Um, some guys played really well offensively. Um, I think a few few guys that you aren't necessarily expecting Um to produce like they did against Wake Forest did. Um, and I think you just kind of saw a different different kind of play out of them. So, um, you know, obviously it's tough to take a loss, you know, any game in the ACC. Um, but for them to bounce back against Wake Forest and come out of the win, that, I think that was big for them. Yeah, I don't want to harp on the, the Pittsburgh game too much since it was, you know, uh, last year already, December 30th. But Armando Baycott, I thought, had a, a pretty worrying quote after that game where he said, playing at a school like North Carolina, you got to go out there and just want to win. I guess we didn't care. Do you see a lack of care? Do you see a lack of identity for this team? Where where are they running into these problems where the neutral game sites where you do have that tournament-like atmosphere, you're getting the best team the best version of this North Carolina team where they look like last year's team, where do you kind of see the biggest problems for this North Carolina team? I think, honestly, I think what, what we need to, um, and this goes for fans, whatever, what we need to realize is this is the same team who struggled very much. So at the beginning of last season, right. And we're talking about the same team minus Brady, plus obviously a good player like Pete Nance, but minus Brady who did a ton for them. They struggled a whole lot in the early part of the season last year and got hot at the perfect time and then made an unbelievable run. Um, so I think going into this season, because of the run that they made, I think things were a little overhyped. They put a little too much pressure on the team. Um, but I think – I don't think that the players, when they go out there, they just say, I don't care about – North Carolina, I don't care about this team. I don't care about if we win or not. Um, I think there's a lot of aspects within the game that might cause their care level to kind of waver at times, 
whether that's making shots or the other team making a run or things getting a little more tougher at times for them on the court. But I don't think there's a non-care factor to the team. They still are athletes who are competitors. I think they still want to win. Um, I just think there's things that they sometimes don't focus on enough within the game that causes problems for them, whether that's on the defensive end or it's offensively getting the right guys shots at the right times, getting guys touches, whatever it might be. Um, so I think that's kind of what it is, is this team is kind of what they are, right? They're, they're RJ and Caleb Love guard heavy. They're Armando Baycott down low, getting every rebound and dominating on the block. And then it's who is that next person that can step up and, and do something for them. Because at the end of the day, especially once you get an ACC play, you have to have a, a full team that can contribute throughout the game. Um, and so I think that's what was so good about watching this Wake Forest game was you had guys who were able to step up. And even when Caleb Love was kind of struggling, they were able to step up and kind of take that, you know, take on that role um, in a game where he was just kind of off. So I think that's kind of how we have to look at it as fans and obviously, you know, as, as supporters and, and, you know, cheerleaders almost sometimes we have to realize what this team is. Um, they're a very talented team, but they're the same team that struggled at the same time last year. And hopefully they can kind of get this momentum going with this win against Wake Forest and kind of get going earlier than last year. But that's just, you know, I think we have to not put as much pressure on this team to be the number one team in the country. Um, when really they might not be until midway through ACC play or going into ACC tournament, whatever it might be. So I think that's kind of what I've realized and what I think, you know, some people have to kind of realize. Yeah. And taking a, a step back and looking at it from like a national type perspective, this isn't just a, a North Carolina problem that they're having this year. You, you look around college basketball just yesterday, for example, uh, six ranked teams went on the road against unranked teams Four of them lost. It's tough to play on the road. UConn went down to Providence. Miami lost to Georgia Tech. Duke lost on the road at NC State. And I don't remember who Auburn lost. So I think Georgia, um, but I have to double check that. But can you speak on that a bit? Like, why, why do you think it is so tough to play on the road in an environment I guess you're just not that familiar with? Yeah, I mean, I think for one, it kind of shows that the talent is being spread across, you know, division one basketball pretty evenly to the point that now every game you go into, there's going to be really good players on the other team. You're not going to have a slouch of a game um, right now with the way college basketball is. So I think that's, that's one part of it. I think another part of it is, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, conference play is starting up. Um, everybody knows how important conference play is. You can drop a few before you start conference play, but then once conference play starts, and that's for some teams, especially teams that are kind of at the bottom of the ACC, that's the only way for them to make the tournament is to finish really well in the ACC or win the ACC tournament. Um, so I think it's just kind of a mixture of, you know, talent is being spread across the whole division one. Um, and now it's just, it's tougher games every time you go out. And so, I think with where North Carolina is at, they have to realize that. And they also have to realize they have even more pressure on them because they're North Carolina. Um, and that just kind of comes with, with the territory. So I, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching basketball where you just really have no idea what might happen um, within the game. 
um, and just seeing two teams kind of, you know, fight it out throughout the game. So I'm enjoying the way the way college basketball is right now. And then the last question I have from the the Pittsburgh game before we move uh, to the Wake Forest game specifically, and then looking looking forward, Carolina, they were up nine midway through the second half. From your experience in basketball, you know how do you kind of work on that that killer instinct when you have your foot on on a team's neck and you you kind of have to keep applying that pressure because, like you mentioned, teams do have talent. They nine points really isn't you know in, unless you're playing at UVA nine points really isn't nine points mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's um I think a lot of times teams and maybe even coaches sometimes they fall into okay we're up now we need to just kind of play um almost conservative right like it's you almost turn from trying to win to just trying not to lose and I think a lot of times when you switch your mindset to that that's whenever you just kind of get complacent things happen that wouldn't normally happen. Um, so I think it's just a matter of playing the same way throughout the whole game. And then if you get to the end of the game and you're up 20 and you want to kind of waste some time, then you can. But throughout the game, you just have to play with the same energy and the same, you know, whatever, whether it's the offensive scheme, whether it's defensively having pressure still. Um, you have to play the whole time because, like you said, I mean, there's there's teams that really want to win. Even when they're down nine, they're not going to stop playing. Um, so I think it's just a matter of not ever turning to that trying not to lose mentality and just continue to play the same way that got you to having that lead midway to the second half. A few players we could key on from Carolina's 88 to 79 win against Wake Forest. The first person I want to talk about, Leaky Black. He goes for 18 points, six of eight from the field, three of five from three. Um, he was really their offense in that first half where, where he scores 14 points. What did you see from him? And then how important is he as an offensive threat for this North Carolina team where if he's hitting these outside shots, his guy can't just sit in the paint and kind of clog up everything for these guards like RJ Davis and Caleb Love who like to get downhill and attack. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. You know, like we talk about, like there's three guys on the team that when you go into a game, on your scouting report, those are the main three guys that you talk about. And that's Caleb Love, RJ, and, and Armando. And so then after that, you have to have somebody who can kind of give you – who can keep the defense honest. When you look at the shots that Leakey was getting last night that he was knocking down, a lot of them were wide open, not really guarded because they're so worried about those other guys. And so obviously, you know, I love – I think we've, we've been hard at times on Leakey, but I love – how he keeps on going back out there and he's, he's taking these shots, you know, whenever he's left open. And I think you can't necessarily plug him in for 18 points every game, but if he's able to hit one or two of those threes where guys just aren't really guarding him and focusing more on helping, then they have to respect him at some level, which obviously opens up the court for other guys. So, um, you know, I love to see him being aggressive and, and you know, stepping into those shots, you know, with with confidence um, and obviously continuing doing what he's doing on the defensive end. So I think he definitely was obviously, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but RJ had a good game. But I think he was honestly kind of the the main spark to them being able to pull out that win last night, which is how he was playing aggressively on the offensive end. Yeah, the other player I think you can make an argument to be that spark plug for this North Carolina team was Seth Trimble. You you insert him, 
He's he's getting in people's shorts. He he's pressing up on them. He's causing a lot of havoc with with turnovers. What did you kind of see from him and and his ceiling as a, a defender when Carolina does go with a lineup of some combination of R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, and Seth? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a you know he's obviously smaller, but he's a pesky. He's athletic and quick, so he can get up into guards a little bit more um, and kind of speed that offense up and get them out of the rhythm that they want to just run their offense with. Um, and I just like how steady he is. You know, there's never really a time where you can say, even though he's a freshman, where you can say that, okay, he was kind of rushed a little bit in that situation. Or, you know, defensively, he just looked like he was kind of lost. Like, he's so steady and solid that I think it's some he's somebody that you can just rely in day in and day out to just do the right thing, whether that is getting up and pressuring on defense or running the team on offense or attacking, trying to get other people involved. Um, so I, I love I love the way Seth you know, not even just this game, but how he's been playing throughout this, you know, the start of this season, especially coming in as a freshman and you're trying to figure out what your role might be, how you how you might get playing time. Um, I love how he's been playing. So hopefully you can kind of keep that up for him. Yeah, from Hubert Davis's uh, post game, when talking about Seth, uh, Seth Trimble defensively, he said one of the main many reasons why we recruited him, he's just gifted athletically. He's a special defensive player. He could stay in front of the ball. He could rebound the basketball. He can make plays off the off the ball. He can get steals and deflections. And despite his height, he's pretty strong, so you can't post him up either. He's a really special defensive player, but he was really good offensively for us as well. He had a career-high 11 points. The other thing I wanted to talk about from – uh, Coach Davis's press conference after the Wake Forest game. He was kind of talking about, you know, how he keeps the team focused during stoppages and plays whenever they're back at the bench. And he was saying, like, you know, he's talking to them about their their high schools or, you know, Armando Armando's teaching him a new word. He's making jokes with them about that. How, you know, what what's your experience like with those stoppages of stoppages of play and like what do you think about Hubert's approach that he kind of just wants to keep the guys loose and maybe you know less thinking out there yeah I mean uh coach Davis is what I would consider a player's coach um from the standpoint of for one he's played you know not just at North Carolina and the NBA but he's played a good amount of basketball to kind of understand the feel of what a player might be thinking or what they're doing at a certain time on the court. Um, so he's able to kind of, whether it's encouraging or talk to the players in a way that he knows would be received well. Um, and then at the end of the day, Coach Davis is just a great guy. Like he's just take him out of the head coaching role of North Carolina. And he's just a great guy that you can have a conversation with, you can joke around with, you can talk about serious stuff with. Um, and you're going to feel extremely comfortable with them. So obviously his approach at times is to try to keep everything light and free and, you know, try to keep everybody's spirits up, which I think me personally is kind of the best way to coach. Um, and so I think that's just kind of his way. That's his way of doing it, whether it's making jokes or it's, you know, talking about old good memories, whatever it is that he's doing. Um, I think it's, it's one of the better ways to keep guys engaged into how you're coaching. Um, cause if you're always just bashing them or getting, 
you know, getting upset with them or whatever, there's never going to be a time where they just feel completely comfortable with you. So I love coach Davis. I'm one of the biggest coach Davis supporters. Um, so I think he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah. He said they, that they were laughing in the huddle when, when they were talking about um, all the things that I previous previously mentioned, what was a, a coach Williams huddle? Like, do you have any, <laughs> any memorable um, I mean, it really wasn't, I can't really tell. I can't, there was a couple of times coach Williams would be laughing a little bit in the huddle. Um, but for the most part, coach Williams was so about his business, you know, like he would talk with the assistants before he would come to the huddle. Then he would come to the huddle and Not it was whatever. Second. Yeah. Whatever it was that we need to be working on. then that's what he would talk about. He would drop a play if he needed to, whatever. Um, and that's kind of it. But I mean, Coach Williams, he was – even though he was so serious, he was also – I tell people every all the time, like, he was like a grandfather. Like, if you need to go talk to him about something serious or joke with him or whatever, you could do the same thing. It was just a different kind of way that he did it. Um, so I don't have any any stories like that about talking about slang words or anything like that. But, um, you know, obviously – Coach Williams did his thing, and he's the goat in my mind. So it didn't. It didn't really matter. Against Wake Forest, Carolina forced fifteen turnovers, and they got thirty-two points off those turnovers—a uh, ridiculous amount. Especially when you, you're only winning by nine points. What did you see from them outside of you know just Seth defensively that kind of led to not only the turnovers but being able to score off those turnovers as well? Yeah, I mean, it's just – we talked about this in – I think it was the Ohio State game. Um, when they play with pressure and they're picking up, you know, at least at the half-court line or maybe even a little further, just the energy level of their defense just goes up a totally different level. Now, obviously, you can't necessarily expect it to be reasonable to press all game long because guys still need to score on the other end. But – when they're up picking up full court and they're pressuring, denying, uh, making catches tough, I think that's whenever they're at their best. And that's whenever they're able to get out in transition and take advantage of those turnovers that they cause, which just makes their half-court offense even easier because you don't have as much pressure to go get a bucket in the half-court because you've already had 15 points in transition off of turnovers. So I think – when they pressure, and obviously last night Seth was kind of the the anchor for that. When they pressure and pick up, I think that's when they're at their best. So I don't know what, you know, I'm sure Coach Davis obviously is talking to them about, you know, trying to do that from the jump, you know, starting out. Um, but I think that's when they're at their best. So hopefully they can kind of take that and take it into, you know, the start of each and every game going forward and not have to get into that catch-up mode where they have to start pressing like they had to in Ohio State. So um, I think last night was was really good in the way that they played um, defensively, and it just caused their offense to be so much easier. And the past two games for Carolina has kind of been a microcosm for, for their season where it seems like, you know, they, they take a step forward, then they take a step back, then they take the step forward to make you think that you that they that they've righted the ship. Um Going forward for this North Carolina team, in terms of consistency, 
how do they build off this Wake Forest win and kind of avoid the those letdowns against teams like Pittsburgh where where they are up almost double digits in the second half? I think it's just, you know, I don't I don't want to always sound like a broken record, like I'm just saying the same things over and over again. But when they're at their best, their energy level and their energy is at a totally different level than whenever they're struggling or things are tougher for them. When you see them playing at their best is when they're picking up full court, they're pressuring. You see Caleb Love denying passes and getting over screens and RJ's doing the same and Mondo's there to try to protect the rim. Like you just see their effort and energy level at a totally different level. And I don't know necessarily what it is that they have to do to have that every game. Um, but I think for them in the back of their mind should be okay for us to win a championship. This is the level that we have to play at on both sides of the floor. And if we can keep that energy, shots are going to fall. Shots are not going to fall sometimes. It's just, that's how basketball is. But if we can keep that energy level at the same level, that can make up for so many things. Um, So hopefully they can do that. I think that's when they're at their best. Um, So I think just their energy and effort is their main, their main thing that they have to focus on. Yeah. And just from, from like my perspective, like just, just coaching at like the high school level, you know, it's, it's tough to get your guys at, at that like hundred percent level for game after game, you know, some, some days they're at 75%, some days they're at 90%, but you know, it's almost like trying to have fake energy at times. So Mm -hmm. everybody kind of feeds off that and builds off that. And that's kind of one of the reasons why, like, I'm not, I'm concerned about this North Carolina team because they do have those moments like Pitt. But the reason why I'm not like in a full fledged panic is because I think they've shown like when you do get into these tournament type settings, you're going to get the best version of their team where it's like if this team can just get to the tournament, if they could just get to the ACC tournament, if they could just get to that first weekend in the NCAA tournament, they do have the talent to where, okay, now you're getting everybody's best version but at the same time you're also getting the other team's best version and it is playing a dangerous game trying to get to uh the tournament like that um but we will see how north carolina builds off the wake forest game saturday they're back in chapel hill against notre dame and then next tuesday it's the dreaded trip to charlottesville against number 11 UVA. Uh, We will be back after that game. Justin, appreciate the time as always. Appreciate everybody watching or listening. Appreciate you, man.